Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free breaking down every game every day in major league baseball this is the baseball betting show here is your host greg peterson Welcome to Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, and we've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Joe Fan, he does a terrific job over there as 1F of the Bet to Win podcast. He is over there at WinBet. He is going to be joining me. He is someone that originally is from the great state of Washington. He used to cover the Seattle Mariners, so we're going to get this... We're going to get his thoughts on that team. We've also seen a whole bunch of unders this season, how he's playing those, and just teams that thus far this season, they've either impressed him or have been to the opposite, not necessarily impressed him. So we're going to be chatting with him in the second segment. First time I've had him on, I already did the interview, and I can tell you he was terrific. So we're going to need to get him back on after today. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer a Twitter question on this podcast, and you've got one or two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters here. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. I know that I wound up having questions about weather, and if I do wind up taking a look at that with regards to my handicap, and absolutely I do. For those of you guys that listen to this podcast, when I do think that the weather 
weather is going to be playing quite a bit of a factor. You always notice that I'll be talking about the wind. I'll be talking about day and night splits because one thing that I always take a look at along with the weather is how it fluctuates from day to night. We wind up seeing this a lot with regards to the West Coast ballparks, places like Oakland, Seattle, the LA ballparks, because obviously in Los Angeles, the weather is always relatively good, but ball doesn't fly quite as much during the nighttime as it does during the daytime. So I do make sure to hit on that. If you're looking for some resources, Kevin Roth, he does an absolutely terrific job being able to cover weather in all sports. He does so with football as well. At Kevin Roth, WX is his Twitter handle. Guy does absolutely amazing work. And then if you're taking a look at Wrigley Field, because in my opinion, that by far is the ballpark that winds up getting affected the most because a 10 mile per hour wind in say San Francisco not the same as Wrigley Field windsblowingout.com so if you're looking to be able to gauge the weather a little bit better with regards to that I always try to highlight it whenever I think it's appropriate on this podcast obviously when it comes to like the drop you don't need to handicap the weather because it's a dome stadium but with that said when it does come into play I try to do so on this podcast but those are a couple tools that I utilize as well and even just going into Apple weather typing in the zip code of where the stadium is located that can help you out as well obviously not something that is necessarily reinventing the wheel, but can give you some good perspective as to what that local weather is going to be. So hopefully that's a little bit helpful for you guys. And let's take a look at everything that we wound up getting in the MLB on Sunday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. It was certainly a walk-off Sunday in Major League Baseball. How about if we wind up taking a look at the walk-off that we wind up seeing in the Twins versus the White Sox game first? As it was the Twins who they cover the run line with the walk-off win. Six of four, they spoil the return of Lucas Giolito and Giolito wound up doing his part with the Chicago White Sox. Gives up one run over the course of four innings. Punched out nine. Wasn't necessarily a long start coming off the injured list, but he looked solid. Wound up having one Rinaldo Lopez come in for a scoreless inning along Tanner Banks. And then Aaron Bummer was a bummer. Winds giving up a home run to Byron Buxton. Two runs in total over the course of an inning. He wasn't the only one that wound up giving one up to Byron Buxton, though. As Kendall Graveman comes in, he winds up walking three, but gets out of a jam scoreless inning. And then Liam Hendricks, he fires a scoreless ninth. Then the tenth. He allows three runs, including a walk-off bomb to Byron Buxton. His fifth and sixth home runs of the season. Buxton has missed six games this season, and aside for the league lead with regards to home runs, Chris Archer, not necessarily a great start out of him. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of three innings as he allowed a tank shot of his own as he wound up having Tim Anderson get his second home run season. And then a little bit later, Daniel Mendick was able to get his first home run of the season as in for long relief and not necessarily doing a bad job. Josh Winder, he did wind up giving up that home run, but it was a solo shot, one run in total, given up over the course of four innings. Got two scoreless innings out of you don't mess with the Johan Duran, and then he wound up having Josh Smith give up the unearned run in the 10th inning. So this game winds up going over late, and the Twins, despite stranding 13 men on base, they get the job done because Brian Buxton is one of the best players in all baseball. Jeremy Pena winds up hitting a walk-off homer as the Houston Astros get a 8-7 win over the Toronto Blue Jays as was the case in which you say Kikuchi just was not long for this game. Three and two-thirds innings. Gives up only two earned runs, but four runs in total as he walked five, and he did allow a bomb in this one going deep off of him. Mr. Michael Brantley, his second home run of the season. You did wind up seeing from there. The bullpen really do a solid job. You did wind up having Trevor Richards give up an unearned run in an 
inning, and then Tomasa, he was able to give you scoreless saying Julian Merriweather. He gives you an out out of the bullpen. You did wind up having a run in an inning given up by David Phelps, but Yimi Garcia, Trent Thornton, they do their job. And then Jordan Romano winds up giving up that home run to Jeremy Pena as he winds up being on the hook for two runs, one of which was Ern Pena. Third home run of the season has had a very good rookie season, and for the Blue Jays, they got a pair of home runs of their own. Zach Collins has looked like a good offseason acquisition. Third home run season, he winds up being able to go deep off of Mr. Luis Garcia, and Garcia gave up the first home run season to Lourdes Gurriel. It was not a great start here for Garcia. Gives up five runs, two bombs over the course of six innings, but then from there, bullpen was able to do their part. He did wind up having the unearned run get credited to Brian Abreu as he wound up pitching into the 10th inning. He winds up giving you one and two-thirds innings as it was Blake Taylor wound up getting the final out of that 10th inning. Rafael Motero was able to give you a scoreless inning, and then you did wind up having a run given up in a third of an inning by Parker Mushinsky as he wound up having also a pair of outs from Ronaldo Balonco out of the bullpen. So lots of usage there, and the Astros, they're able to survive those landmines. It was the Seattle Mariners who, in 12 innings, wind up taking down Kansas City Royals by a count of 5-4 to four as the Royals wind up going 1-14 with Ben in scoring position. Hunter Dozier, he did wind up being able to extend this game. Got a third home run the season off of Drew Steckenrider as he had a little bit of a rough go of it out there in the bullpen, giving up that home run as Robbie Ray. Solid start, two runs given up over the course of six innings. Matt Fessa, Eric Swanson were able to give you a scoreless saying he'd have, a, have Diego Casillo coming in the 10th inning, gives up the unearned run that starts with the ghost runner, but then you wind up having Yohan Ramirez and Matt Cook come in for a squirrel of the saying as Cook winds up stranding the bases loaded in for the Seattle Mariners. Ty France, he became win France as he had two RBI, now 19 on the season, including the game winning hit in the 12th inning as he wound up going deep in the first inning as well off of Carlos Hernandez for his fifth home run season. For Hernandez gives up three runs over the course of five and a third innings and though the Royals lost this game, Bullpen was relatively solid. You did wind up having Taylor Clark give up the unearned run in the 10th inning, but Dylan Coleman along Josh Samop both give you a scoreless inning. You get a pair of outs out of the bullpen out of both Colin Snyder and Amir Garrett. Scott Barlow, one and a third inning scoreless, and then Joel Payampas winds up giving up that unearned run in the 12th inning. So you did wind up having the Seattle Mariners go 7-2 in their homestand, so they had a very successful one out there. The LA Dodgers, they wind up taking 2 of 3 from the San Diego Padres as they pounded the pods by a kind of 10-2. to Shamanea, who coming into the start, had a very good start to his career out there in San Diego. Well, things wind up progressing for him. Seven runs, six of which were earned over the course of four and a third innings, giving up a pair of bombs in the process. Freddie Freeman, third home run in the last seven days, his third of the season, and then Cody Bellinger, he is balling out right now. Got one off of him for his third home run season. Then Denelson Lamette comes in out of the bullpen. He hits one off of him. So he was able to get two on the day as Lamette gives up one run in two-thirds of an inning. That was a solo home run. Pedro Avila comes out of the bullpen. Gives up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of three innings. And then Raymond Kerr, no relation to Steve Kerr, winds up coming out of the bullpen. He winds up pitching a scoreless inning as for the Padres. Not a lot doing for them. Clayton Kershaw gives up one run over the course of five innings. Looked very solid. Justin Brule just wind up giving up a run in an inning. But Reyes Moranta along with Garrett Clevenger. Craig Kimbrell. They come in for scoreless innings apiece, so the Dodgers, they wind up being able to take two of threes. The New York Metropolitans go on the road, and they're able to get a win over the years in the Diamondbacks by a count of 6-2 as years in the Diamondbacks. They wind up having a rough go of it, to say the least, as you do wind up having Christian Walker get his fourth home run season, but really that's it, and for Madison Bumgarner, 
Gives up one earned run over the course of five innings as Sergio Alcantara wound up committing a pair of errors in this game. And fourth error of the season on the catcher, Jose Herrera. How do you wind up having four errors as a catcher? I have no idea. And he doesn't even play every day. So not necessarily great there as J.B. Wendelkin gives up a run in an inning. He did wind up having Edwin Yuseta give up two runs while getting just two outs. Taylor Widener has been relegated to the bullpen. He winds up giving up a home run in his inning of work. That was a solo bomb to Mr. J.D. Davis, his first home run season. Then he did wind up having a scoreless final inning that was thrown by Mr. Corbin Martinez. He did wind up having Oliver Perez give up an under run in a third of an inning as he fielding. Not great for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but Tyler McGill was pretty solid for the Metropolitans. He did wind up giving up that home run to Walker, giving up two runs in total over the course of six and two-thirds innings, and then you wind up having Seth Lugo, Julie Rodriguez, combined to give you two and a third inning scoreless. So the Mets, now 12-5, and five. they've been one of the best teams in the league thus far this season. The Oakland A's, they continue to be above 500. Nine and eight for them as they take down the Texas Rangers by a count of two to zero. And Spencer Howard, he lowers his ERA to a 1440 by giving up both runs in this game as he allows two runs over the course of two innings. And to put this into context, the Texas Rangers, their pitching staff, they pitch as a whole 26 innings. Guys not named Spencer Howard gave up one run in 24 innings. Howard gives up two runs in two innings. He is my lowest rated power pitcher, and rightfully so, as he did wind up allowing a bomb in this one to Stephen Piscotty, his first home run of the season, and that's all the scoring you would get. Cole Irvin, five scoreless innings for the Oakland A's, did wind up blocking two, but he was rock solid. Danny Menace wound up getting into a little bit of trouble in the ninth, got out of it as Kirby Sneed, long sack Jackson, where he will give you scoreless innings, and for the Texas Rangers, Garrett Richards was used as an opener, not too reliable, but winds up giving you two scoreless innings. Kobe Allard was able to give you a scoreless two innings, Dennis Santana is scoreless inning, and then you wind up having Alberto Abreu wind up walking three, but Brett Martin was able to get out of it unscathed as you wind up seeing both of these teams just not have a lot going as a combined 14 men were stranded on base in that one. The LA Angels wind up having to rally late to avoid a sweep at the hands of the poopy Baltimore Orioles. The Angels put up a six spot in the first inning, then they wind up having things tied up six to six before they're able to play to run in the seventh to be able to get it done by a count of seven to six as Chris Ellis gives up five runs and records zero outs. So the bullpen of the Baltimore Orioles literally rounded out nine innings and gave up two runs, which that's not too bad from the bullpen. When you have to unexpectedly get eight innings of work because they didn't wind up pitching in the ninth, that's not too bad. Trey Lankin Sr., he does wind up giving up a solo home run in his three innings as going deep. You wind up having Joe Adele set fire to the rain in his third home run of the season, but... I mean, not too bad there. Keegan Aiken gives you two scoreless innings. Mike Bauman, he does wind up giving up one run in one and a third innings. And then you had CNL Perez and Felix Batista combined to give you five outs as you did wind up having for the Baltimore Orioles. Three Boom Boom Mancini get his first home of the season. Long Austin the say is kid. The Orioles, by the way, entered into this game with four home runs and they got two on this night. So, hey, there you go, as... It was Mr. Jose Suarez who wound up getting the start, giving up three runs over the course of four and a third innings, and then Oliver Ortega gives you four outs out of the bullpen. Aaron Loop, Austin Warren, they combined to give you one and a third innings, giving up a combined three runs in the process, but Archie Bradley, Jimmy Ergo, they will get scoreless eighth and ninth innings to be able to get the job done. As Joey Otani, 2-4 in this game. It's been a little bit of a struggle for him, hitting just a 224 this season. It's been a little bit of a struggle for the Cincinnati Reds here early on this season, but they were able to get a W. They take down the St. Louis Cardinals by kind of 4-1 to one as Nick Lodolo. He wound up not having to ride solo because he got a little bit of run support. Five and two-thirds innings for the young gun winds up giving up just one run. Bullpen was able to do their 
their part as well. Art Warren along with Lucas Sims both give you a scoreless inning. Tony Santian one and a third inning scoreless. But for the Cincinnati Reds, they go two of eight with men in scoring position and they get to Adam Wainwright giving up four runs in five innings for Mr. Wainwright. Bullpen continues to do their part. St. Louis Cardinals bullpen, by the way, in the top five in the big leagues in terms of ERA. TJ McFarland two scoreless innings and then the Woodford of Jake Woodford was able to come through for a scoreless inning. But for the Cardinals, nothing doing on the say one of ten with men in scoring position and the Atlanta Braves can echo those sentiments. Five to four, the Miami Marlins go on the road and they get the job done as the Marlins, they did wind up stranding 12 men on base for, for the Atlanta Braves. One of 14 with men in scoring position. Now Austin Riley in the ninth inning was able to take Tanner Scott deep for his fourth home run season after Azul Cesardo. A very good start. He did wind up walking four, but eight punch outs, one run given up over the course of five innings. Scott winds up giving up three runs in a third of an inning as he very nearly lit this game on fire. So that was not great, especially if you wound up having Yonder, but Cody Poteet, a scoreless saying Anthony Bass, Richard Blyer, they combined to be able to give you a combined two scoreless innings, and Lewis Head was able to get the final two outs of this game, but for the Miami Marlins, a little bit of small ball doing it for them. They wind up getting 11 total hits as Bryce Elder. He winds up giving up six walks and five hits in four and two-thirds innings. It's a wonder he only gave up two runs. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. He probably should have given up more. Darren O'Day he winds up giving up one run and two-thirds of an inning from there. A.J. Minter gives up two runs. He goes one and a third innings. He did wind up having a pair of guys that are a little bit more much maligned as Tyler Thornburg coupled with Mr. Jackson Stevens both give you a scoreless inning and Tyler Magic was able to give you an out of the bullpen but nothing doing for the Braves with men in scoring position so that wound up costing them. The San Francisco Giants just completely land base. The Washington Nationals by kind of 12-3 to for the San Francisco Giants. It was the Jock Show. Jock Peterson his fourth and fifth home runs of the season. Team goes 8-14 of 14 with men in scoring position. More than enough for Logan Webb this wasn't even his A-plus stuff. Six and two-thirds innings. He does wind up giving up three runs at the process, including home run, as Yadiel Hernandez was able to get his first home run of the season, but for the Nationals, Yohan Adon just should not be pitching at this level right now. He will, never really got past high A baseball before getting called up in late 2021. Gives up five runs over the course of four innings. From there, Josh Rogers and Victor Arano combined to be able to give you two scoreless innings, but then floodgates open. Asavath gives up a run in that inning. Andres Machado gives you a scoreless inning, but Sam Clay, Steve Ciszek, they combine to go two-thirds of an inning, and they give up six runs, all of which were earned before Paulo Espino has to clean up their mess. And for the San Francisco Giants, they currently lead the league with regards to bullpen ERA, was the only bullpen with a sub- Three ERA last season, Zach Liddell, along with Tyler Rogers, both give you a scoreless signing, and Jose Alvarez was able to give you an out, out of the bullpen as well. You did wind up seeing the New York Yankees put up a big number on the Cleveland Guardians. If you want to take the DK Nation pick up the over in this one, hits with ease. 10-2 the final as the Yankees. They had six rubbins up on the board in the bottom of the third inning. So that was very, very convenient as Aaron Savali has been a guy that has been doing for a regression, and boy, did it wind up coming in this one. Gives up six runs over the course of three innings. He did wind up having Sam Etchages provide two scoreless innings out of the bullpen, but Greg McCarty, who was supposed to get a start a couple days ago, right? Good thing that they didn't wind up giving him a start. Gives up four runs in three innings, including a pair of bombs. That's going deep for the Yankees in this one off of McCarty. DJ turning it up, LeMayu, his second home run season. Anthony Rizzo would take Aaron Savali for a ride, fifth home run season, and McCarty would give one up to Tim LeCastro for his home run season, and for Garrett Cole, it's been a almighty struggle for him ever since the All-Star break last season, but 62-thirds inning scoreless, punched out nine, best we've seen Cole in a while, Wandy Peralta, one and a third inning scoreless, he did wind up having two runs given up in the ninth inning out of Ron Marinciano, but that said game was very much an end by then, so Guardians able to do a little bit of window dressing, but 
It was the Yankees with a convincing win. The Colorado Rockies went on the road and they were able to get a convincing win over the Detroit Tigres. This by a count of 6-2 as you did wind up seeing the Colorado Rockies do a solid job of be- being able to get to Tyler Alexander. Alexander not long for this game. Three and two-thirds innings giving up five runs, all of which were earned including home run going deep for the Colorado Rockies. Randall Gritchick, who's been a solid acquisition. First home run of the season as Chad Cool. He looked cool once again in this one. One run given up over the course of six innings and now has made three starts and has given up a combined two runs. So Chad Cool, thus far, he's paying dividends here for the Colorado Rockies. From there, Justin Lawrence does give up a run out of the bullpen, but Tyler Kinley, Carlos Aceves, both are able to give you a scoreless setting. And for the Rockies, they do wind up going four of ten with Ben in scoring position. And you take a look at the Detroit Tigers bullpen, actually has been relatively solid. Jacob Barnes, Joey Menez, Michael Fulmer, I'll give you a scroll of settings, and then you wind up having Ronnie Garcia come in. He winds up giving you two and a third innings, gives up just one run in the process. The Tampa Bay Rays, they wind up very nearly not being able to cover the first five, but they put up three runs in the fifth, so if you want to take that, you were able to get there, and then they wind up taking control of the game, five to two. They wind up taking down the Boston Red Sox as Rich Hill goes four scoreless innings here for the Boston Red Sox, and then the bullpen lights the game on fire. Phillips Valdez gives up three runs in a third of an inning. Did not wind up getting the benefit of ball and strike calls to save the least, but still wound up giving up the three runs. Can't have that. Matt Barnes, Jake Diekman both give up a run in two-thirds of an inning, and for Diekman, does wind up giving up a home run going deep. That would be Mr. Yandy Diaz, his first home run of the season, and also for the Red Sox, Ryan Brazier gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and Tanner Oak wound up just starting a few days ago. One and two-thirds inning scoreless because team needed to dive into the bullpen, apparently a little bit in this one. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, Shane McClanahan, very solid for this team. Two runs given up over the course of seven innings. Colin Pooch and then Ryan Thompson were able to come in, scoreless seven and eighth innings for the Tampa Bay Rays to be able to get the job done as a race. They wind up being able to take two of three in this one, and after a little bit of a teeter-totterish start, they have now been able to win four out of their last five. You wind up seeing a relatively interesting start out there in... Chicago with the Pirates and the Cubs, but it was the Pirates were able to hold on and get the job done by a count of 4-3 to three as JT Brubaker does wind up giving up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of three innings, but for his standards, not too bad because he didn't wind up giving up any home runs, and then the bullpen of the Pirates on a day in which a win was blowing on regularly field, they did their part. Dylan Peters, William Crow, they combined to give you four scoreless innings. Ethan Emery did wind up giving up a solo home run in two-thirds of an inning going deep for the Cubs. That would be Mr. Ian App, who said hap hap array to his first home run season, but Chris Rand was able to give not out of the bullpen, David Benar. He was able to strike out the side in the ninth inning to be able to get it done. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, just two of nine with Ben in scoring position, they were able to jump on Justin Steele early, giving up three runs over the course of three innings. And to the credit of the Cubs, they wind up going six innings. They give up one unearned run. That was to Rowan Wick, who gave up an unearned run in an inning. But Scotty Frost, Chris Martin both give you a scoreless inning. Michael Givens, David Robertson, they wind up being able to give you three scoreless. But for the Cubs, 11 men stranded on base. That wound up being their kryptonite and the reason why they wound up losing this game. And then on Sunday Night Baseball, the Milwaukee Brewers get the job done against the Philadelphia Phillies by kind of one to nothing. Now, a lot of comments made on the Angel Hernandez strike zone, and it was quite extensive to say the least, but Eric Lowry took full advantage. 13 strikeouts in six innings, and then Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, Josh Hader. They all come in for a scoreless inning. They all did their part, and the game winds up wrapping up with the Milwaukee Brewers getting a sacrifice fly for the lone run of the game as for the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Supernola did look pretty super in this one. Gives up one hit in seven innings, nine strikeouts. Jersic Familia comes in. He does his part. He delivers a scoreless inning, and then Corey Knebel winds up giving up that sacrifice fly in the ninth inning for the lone run of the game. And we've been seeing a lot of it with regards to Major League Baseball this season. 
whole bunch of unders. And if you're taking a look at the year in general, saw a couple more overs on Sunday, but still unders for this Major League Baseball season, hitting at a clip of 60 and a half percent, 133 unders, 87 overs. I've seen a couple pushes along the way as well. And if you're taking a look at taking favorites on the run line, it hasn't been so great as favorites overall, 139 and 97. So if you've been taking them straight up, they haven't been able to get the job done, but 104 and 133 if you're laying the run in half. What that tells you is that 35 games in which the favorite has won outright, they've only won by one run. So you do want to be mindful of that if you're looking to take some run lines. And what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Sunday was the fact that you did wind up seeing quite a few overs, as I mentioned. You did wind up having two pushes on the total, eight overs, five unders. Perhaps this will be a little bit of a reversal as coming into the day on Sunday. We're seeing right around 62% of games wind up going under the total and underdogs on Sunday. They wind up going seven and eight straight up and covering all but five of the run lines. So you wind up seeing three games in which a favorite one outright landing on one run. So that's what we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Sunday. Now let's get Joe Fan of WinBet aboard. He does a terrific job with the Bet to Win podcast. He is a man that does a nice job of being able to take a look at the game of baseball. He's a man that also used to be out there in Seattle. So we're going to ask about these Seattle Mariners, what he's made about all these unders here in the early part of the season as well. So that chat coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Eastern Family Podcast. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. 
Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you, because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our guests as we head out here to none other than lovely Las Vegas, and that's where we find Joe Fan. He's doing great work over there at WinBet. He is one half of the Bet to Win podcast, does terrific work, taking a look at a wide variety of things, and this time of year, he is doing a great job taking a look at what we've all got on the baseball card. And to be able to follow Joe Fan on Twitter, easy enough at his name. Joe underscore Fan, the one thing that you want to note, two ends on the back half of Fan. And Joe, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hey, Greg, great to chat with you, man. I'm a huge fan of your work and what you you put together with your baseball splits and numbers and projections in this podcast is, is great work. So looking forward to joining you and talking a little bit of baseball here, man. 
I'm glad to have you aboard as well. It's the first time I've had you on. And like I said, hopefully this will be the first of many chats because I know you're quite a fan of the Seattle Mariners. And I think that they're going to be one of the most intriguing teams in baseball this year. I take a look at what they wind up doing in the offseason. Being able to sign Robbie Ray has been solid. Adam Frazier got off to a rough first week or so of the season. He's been able to pick it up. And as you know, this team has been the masters of being able to win one-run game since the beginning of the 2021 season. And I think that it's just going to be a case of which for the Seattle Mariners, can they just hit for a little bit more average because they have been getting a little bit unlucky at the plate here at the beginning part of the season. But through the first two or so weeks, I do like what I'm seeing from the team. Yeah, I think it's a fun team. And it's a team that has legitimate upside compared to a number of iterations and years prior. You know, the roster is made up of players that aren't just replacement level players that, you know, everyone's so used to seeing in Seattle. It's like, if you can even get just like a replacement level player, it's good. As opposed to, you know, someone who is a detriment and, you know, a weak link across the board. It's fun to like see them play the Rangers. And I know on Thursday night, it was a clunker of a game. Three airs, JP uncharacteristically had two of them in one inning. They lose that game late. Drew second rider gave up a couple two-out runs, which is uncharacteristic. But when you see them match up, objectively, the Mariners, top to bottom, outside of two superstars in the middle of the infield for the, the Rangers, they're the better team. This is, we're not used to saying that about the Seattle Mariners team. And even with that, serviceable through the first week and a half, you know, I think you look at there's still so much more upside. You know, what will Julio Rodriguez develop into? I think everyone in Seattle hopes a bonafide superstar unlike anything Seattle has seen at a position player level since Alex Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick's in that same conversation. You do have steady bats like Adam Frazier and, and Ty France, and you, know, you hope Eugenio Suarez has a bounce back, and you, you hope that Jesse Winker, someone who's been getting on base a lot, leads the league in walks, but has really gotten unlucky in terms of, you know, we've got four or five flyouts to the warning track and a number of other balls to the gap that have been flagged down with great plays. So I could go on and on talking about this team. I love this team. I'm, I'm certainly a a huge Mariners fan, and I'm excited about the bullpen and the depth there and the rotation that is good, not great, but you also have a bunch of more arms in the minor league system that could potentially help. Kyle Lewis, who knows what his, what kind of impact he might be able to have when he comes back from injury. But across the board, it is an optimistic time in Seattle, which is very rare given that they got the longest playoff drought in sports now spanning more than two decades. And you mentioned Julio Rodriguez as well. Very exciting player that they wound up actually putting together a montage of his strikeouts while looking at he's been like the most unlucky player through two weeks I've ever seen in my life. So I think that we're going to be able to see him really be able to have a nice bounce in the second half of the season. And when it comes to this division in general, I do think that it's going to be an interesting one because the LA Angels, they always get a lot of buzz. I feel like they've been a little bit overrated when it comes to the betting market, though, because Mike Trout has dealt with a little bit of injury this season. No doubt, Shoei Otani, he's an absolutely exceptional player. We wind up seeing what he wound up doing last week over there in Houston with all those strikeouts. So you give him a lot of credit for being able to do that, but Back half, the bullpen is not necessarily great. The bats are a big, giant question mark outside of Otani and Mike Trout because, well, let's call it what it is. Anthony Rendon has been one of the biggest wastes of money I've ever seen in my life. And then you've got the Houston Astros, who we know that they're going to hit, but entering into their series this weekend, we're hitting a buck ninety-nine as a collective. Once again, that's something that certainly is not going to be withstanding, but I do take a look at this American League West. Should the Astros be able to win it? Yes, but I think that it's pretty wide open. And I think that the Mariners have a good chance of being able to come away as that number two team and make the postseason. Yeah, and I think that's the expectation. When you expand the playoffs to 12 teams, 
you, know, you have a team that was a game or two out of the playoffs just a year ago. And, and I think it's fair to say, and everyone would, would agree, that that team overachieved and you're due for some one-run regression in close games. And, you know, you're just not going to make the playoffs as a team with a minus 50-plus run differential. I think what sticks out to me is you just don't have that juggernaut Astros team ahead of you. I mean, they're still going to be good. They're going to be in the mix. But they're pitching has been mostly pedestrian so far. Their lineup, and I know when Seattle took two of three against them, they were missing Jordan Alvarez, but that doesn't seem to have quite the punch that it used to. Yeah, I think there is a bit of regression there, and this division feels much more gettable than it has been in years past, and that times up well with a Mariners team that should be crescendoing out of you know a rebuild mode and into a situation where they're expecting to compete with everyone in the division. You know, Oakland, I kind of compared them to like the kid in college who doesn't show up for class, doesn't read a single page of any book, but shows up and gets a B plus or an A minus on the final without any sort of studying. You tip your cap to the players in the front office for making the most of what little they're given, but it's an embarrassment of, a, of, an, owner, of an ownership group who is actively trying to get them out of Oakland. And you talk about the Angels at eight and five. I don't think they have enough pitching whether it's in the rotation or in the bullpen to survive a lengthy stay without Mike Trout. And I do think there's some talented pieces in the lineup. And, and Jared Walsh was a, was a revelation last year. He looks to be continuing that this year. And you mentioned Rendon, who, you know, talk about guys who can't stay healthy. He's not productive enough to justify the contract when he is healthy, but certainly a guy who you're not surprised when you see, oh, day-to-day with a quad strain. And that turns into three months of being out with whatever, you know. And then Texas is, outside of Semyon and Corey Seager, they're a terrible team with the worst pitching staff in all of baseball. So you go top to bottom, and there's no reason why. I know you mentioned them finishing second, and I think you're probably right. That's like, that's what the goal should be. But I don't think it should shock anybody if the Mariners are on top of the division when it's all said and done. I agree with you. And a big question that you have with the Astros is that they are aging a little bit. You've seen Jose Altuve wind up going on the injured list. Are they going to be able to stay healthy for a full 162, including a guy in Justin Verlander? First few starts, lights out. No question about it. Can he wind up being able to do that in August, September, being able to stay out there, continuing to lend those good innings? As we do have Joe Fan joining me on the podcast. He does a great job over there at Win. He does the Bet to Win podcast as well, which you're able to find that where we find this fine podcast. And Joe, when you take a look at what we've gotten the first two weeks of the season, I think you'd agree with me. It's been a big, giant binge of unders this year. And I'm not sure how you wind up playing baseball early on the season, but I personally do shade down my totals a little bit more when it comes to the cold weather. You've got games out there in the Midwest, the Northeast part of the country, balls that would fly out in the summertime. They die at the warning track this time of year. But I can't remember seeing a start to the year, which it's been this demonstrative to the under and it certainly has become a case which I do think that we're going to see some positive progression with regards to overs especially when we do wind up seeing the rosters wind up going back to 26 I don't know how you are viewing this right now but I think that it is a matter of time before we wind up seeing that little bit of a run on overs yeah I think it has to come eventually you know you look at lineups that have started cold and and the Yankees maybe aren't one of the better lineups in baseball, but you expect some positive regression from them. The Blue Jays are a team. They only have a plus two run differential. And that's surprising because, you know, you expect them to be a murderer's row, you know, and if you're looking at 
you know, WRC plus and all of baseball, it's the Cleveland Indians that are on top and the Angels and the Mariners are even up there. And of course, the Dodgers are there. But you have some teams that you expect to pick up the pace a bit. The White Sox are all the way down in 25th in the category. I know they've been dealing with some injuries, but that's a team that you expect to match the baseball. They've got a negative run differential so far this season. They're at 500. The weather has been super nasty, particularly in the Midwest. I think there's also just been a number of stars that haven't gotten off to good starts. You look at all the, the players who were given big money this offseason, and it was you know Chris Bryant really is the only one among them that is hitting even like 250 when you go through Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager hasn't gotten off to a good start. And so, yeah, I think it's a bit surprising. I'll be honest, I don't bet a lot of totals in any sport just because to me it makes it for a, a stressful way to watch the game. <laughs> and so for my anxiety, I usually just stay away from totals. But I do agree at some point, whether it's just bats waking up and guys getting into a rhythm, but then also coinciding with the weather getting warmer across the country, you would expect the numbers to start ballooning a bit. Yeah, and it's been really surprising that through the first two plus weeks of the season, bullpen ERAs are at a three, two. And I do feel like bullpen sometimes get a little bit of a bad rap because we are much more inclined to remember the bullpen collapses rather than when the bullpen just does a boring job, comes in for three innings, they give up zero to one runs, and they wind up being able to mop things up, which is why you always wind up seeing a lot of people say that they would rather take the first five rather than the full game because they've been scarred once or twice by those bullpen collapses. But certainly I do think that that is going to be on the rise a little bit as well. And just taking a look at the first few weeks of the season, has there been any team that has really surprised you in a good slash a bad way? I personally have been taking the Oakland A's quite a bit. Thus far, it has been working out. They were able to cash quite a few plus prices two weeks ago when they were playing against the Phillies, playing against the Tampa Bay Rays. That was one that wanted coming through for me. As a Milwaukee Brewers fan, they've been a team that has been up and down for me, that series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's one that I felt like was a good bounce back after they had a little bit of a rough start to the year. Has there been maybe a team or two that you've been taking a look at and either to the positive or the negative, they haven't been quite what you've expected? Yeah, I think the Mets have been profitable for me. And I think you've been able to get decent prices on them. But with Lindor coming back to form, and maybe not being, you know, he'll never be peak Lindor again, what he was in his heyday in Cleveland, but still very much a weapon in the heart of that order. And after such the atrocious season he had a year ago, I think it's good for Mets fans to see. But with the best starting rotation in all of baseball, despite Jacob deGrom not throwing a pitch yet, you've got to feel really good about things if you're a Mets fan. And I don't think their prices have been too inflated in the early portion of this season. So I think they've been profitable. The Colorado Rockies have been really profitable. One of the best lineups in all of baseball. You've got guys like Connor Joe, CJ Crone playing in like all-stars. And again, Chris Bryant, even though the long ball hasn't been there, I'm not even sure if he has one yet. Again, one of the best lineups in baseball. And so I think those are a handful of teams. The Brewers have been able to get by with pitching, but I've liked their unders because the lineup hasn't been great so far. I know you're a Brewers fan. You've been talking about that quite a bit. And so, yeah, I think you look at a team that's been incredibly disappointing is the Philadelphia Phillies, who, what is it, losers of, you know, there's three and seven in their last 10. They're now five and eight on the season, and their bats haven't woken up. Aaron Nola uh, is a major concern right now, given that it doesn't appear to be the high-level ace that you've expected in years past. You have the Indians, who have a really sneaky talented starting rotation and if you look at you know batting numbers wrc plus cleveland leads all of baseball 135 so they've been a surprise and a profitable team so far with guy like tristan mckenzie who's gotten off to a good start who has always had the talent but struggled to put it together last year was really inconsistent and he's gotten off to some some really nice starts this year so that's a lot there. I was kind of looking through the standings and some of the numbers of things that stick out to me. And then there's just a lot of teams jumbled in the middle, which I guess is you know probably what you expect at the beginning of the year before 
you know, regression sets in before, you know, some teams suffer different injuries and whatever. But it's certainly been a season uh, not short of storylines so far this year. Totally agree with you there. And one thing that I forgot, just betting against the Cincinnati Reds at the point this season. That Correct. has been relatively solid. Entering into their series against the St. Louis Cardinals, they got off to a 2-11 and 11 start. And it's yeah, not and, so and the run good. line. I mean, you bet whoever they're playing, minus one and a half, and it's cashing almost every time at plus money. That series against the Padres over the weekend, that was my move, and it, it, it never failed. <laughs> so, yeah, I completely agree with you. They have been it's, – it's sort of an autoplay – until they prove otherwise, you know, make them cover that one and a half. And so far, they're not able to do so, given that their pitching staff's been terrible outside of Hunter Green and their lineup. Unsurprisingly, when you lose Jonathan India to injury and you trade away Suarez and Winker to the Mariners, there's not there's not much punch there. So I don't know how surprising that is when they're very evidently tanking. And of course, it's some of your worst losses that sometimes wind up murking up your vision of some of these teams as well, because I wound up having that Braves versus Reds game in which the Reds put up three runs in the ninth inning against Kenley Jansen to lose by one run on that one personally. So I wound up having to look at that a little bit differently in recent days. And then we wound up being able to bounce back with a couple nice fades of the Cincinnati Reds. So it's always funny how that winds up working. And Joe, something that always winds up working is your great content. You do a great job over there at win bet i know you do the bet to win podcast as well which you're able to find wherever folks are able to download podcasts and i know that you've got a lot in the works you're taking a look at baseball doing a great job with the nba playoffs the list goes on and on so love the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general yeah no i appreciate the plug man it's really been fun chatting with you again i I'm someone who came from the beat reporting world, so I'm I'm very much the newbie to the betting space, and you know, it's been fun to learn. But I'm much more the, the sports guy who talks betting and enjoys betting, and you know I don't have the algorithms yet where I'm spitting out these are what my numbers, and that's why I love following you and your work and checking out what you're doing and where you know your numbers differ from what the books are offering. And I think you know you do a great job of of getting people different edges in different spots. And the hard work you put in, I know, is is appreciated by many, me among them. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe underscore fan, the Bet to Win podcast. We have a lot of fun. Again, it's it's opinions, banter, it's talk, and there's you know always a betting angle to it. So we'll do a little home and home, Greg. I'll get you on here soon and have you on talking baseball and, and your process and all that on, on my show here soon. And really enjoyed it, man. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And I look forward to that as well because I've enjoyed our chat here. More than happy to join you on Bet to Win. And hopefully we can get you back on this podcast throughout the season as well because this has been a lot of fun. Always love being able to break down the game of baseball. And Joe does a terrific job of being able to take a look at all different angles, being able to just pay attention to the game day in and day out. He does incredible work, and you're able to catch him on Twitter at Joe underscore fan at his name. Two ends on the back half of that last name, and it was great to get him on today. So big thanks to Joe. Now it is that time of the podcast coming up next. They give you a sign total for every game on today's MLB betting board as we touch them all. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you, because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Eason Family Podcast, and it was great to get Joe Fan on the podcast. Doing a great job over there at WinBet, and he also is one half of the podcast, the Bet to Win podcast. So he does an absolutely amazing job. A man that was out there in Seattle for quite a long time, now has come here to lovely Las Vegas, doing an amazing job, taking a look at so many things, and one of his favorite sports is a game of baseball. So we're going to need to get him on a couple times during the season on the podcast. A big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at gunit underscore 81, and we're going to be going on the Las Vegas rotation order. No interleague games, so it just simply goes National League games first, and then the American League games, and we currently have one game that is off the board, and that would be this first game of 951-952 on the betting board. It is the San Francisco Giants on the road facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers. I always feel like this man's name should be said in an old English accent. One Corbin Burns going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers, and Sam Long is going to be going for the Giants. It was unknown if Long was going to be going until the game wound up wrapping up on Sunday, so that is why this game is presently off the board, and I did wind up making the Brewers a minus 166 favorite on the money line on my line, and I did wind up setting this total low at a 7.2, so 7 or lower looking over, 7 after higher. Going to be taking a look at it under. With Corbin Burns, he actually wound up posting up a worse ERA at home than he did on the road last season, and ironically enough, he's got a better road ERA this season as well, at a 285 home ERA in 15 starts, only allowed 3 home runs in 88 and a third innings, wound up giving up right around 2.4 walks per nine innings, but on the road, he was just absolutely masterful last year. That just speaks to how good he was on the road, but still, very rock solid, and Sammy Long, you gotta figure that this is going to be a stint for probably about two innings or so with him because he did wind up making a start on Friday as well. He's pretty much an opener plus for this team, and someone who he's able to give you a little bit more length if absolutely needed. If they direly needed Sammy Long to be able to give them three innings, he would be able to, a guy that wound up having right around a five-ish ERA last season, five home runs give it up in 40 and a third innings. Big thing with him is the walks. Gave up right around four walks per nine innings last season, but he is pretty much going to be the opener de jure, and then from there you wind up having a bullpen of the Giants that, because they completely clobbered the Washington Nationals all weekend long, they're relatively rested. So, Jarlon Garcia, Camilo Duvall, Jose Alvarez, they're able to give you some innings, and if you need a little bit more length, you've got Tyler Beatty, a former starter who hasn't played since Thursday, so he's going to be able to come in if needed. He can hold down the fort, and I do think that that is going to be very important for this team. Someone in Beatty who has had his struggles throughout his career, someone who's given up right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings, but certainly could give you a couple innings, and he's going to be going up against a Milwaukee Brewers team that 
I typically like to fade these teams that wind up coming off of Sunday Night Baseball just because typically they're facing an opponent that they wind up playing a day game. They wind up being able to get to the hotel a little bit earlier. Meanwhile, the Brewers, they were playing in Philadelphia last night. So that is a little bit of an issue for this Milwaukee Brewers team. And what else is an issue for this Brewers team is that going into the game against Philadelphia on Sunday, you wind up having two guys in the lineup hitting a 250 or better. And Andrew McCutcheon along with Hunter Renfro. So it has been very rough sliding for them. Christian Yelich, William. Adamas, along with Jace Peterson, Tyrone Taylor, all hitting at 200 or worse going into that game on Sunday. And for the Brewers, the good news for the team is that you do have a lot of reliable bullpen pieces. They have been using Devin Williams, Josh Hader a little bit in recent days, but even Trevor Gott, who wound up being a little bit of a failure with the Giants a few years ago. He's come in, he's looked rock solid. Jake Cousins, Brad Boxberger, these guys are able to give you some solid innings. And for the San Francisco Giants, this is no question a team that has some mashers on there. Jock Peterson, five home runs, hitting well above a 300. Wilmer Flores has been able to do a nice job of being able to reach base. You've been able to have Brandon Belt belting out the home runs. He's already got four of them. He's got a 373 on base. For the Giants, they're only inning about a 230 as a collective but they've been able to do a good job of being able to draw walks. They've got as a collective 15 home runs this season, so this is a team that they do a great job of being able to play the matchups well. I do think that this is going to be a well-pitched game, so 7 or lower looking over, 7 half higher to the under, and like I said, with the Brewers, made them a minus 166 favorite, by the way. If you're looking at the Brewers' run line, I would need about a plus 130 to be able to play a run and a half with them, so it shows yeah, type of a game I think that this one's going to be. 953, 954 on the betting board. The Colorado Rockies are going to be hitting the road face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Kyle Gibson is going to be going for the Phillies, and Kyle Friedland is going to be on the bump for Colorado. Colorado is finding themselves as an underdog in this spot, anywhere between plus 160 and plus 170. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Phillies, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 176 and minus 190 with your total on this game in half. Overs anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even and minus 105. And I think we've run a little bit too far here. Once again, I like to fade some of these teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball. I needed at least a plus 166 to take a shot here on the Rockies, but now we're seeing plus 170s come onto the board. I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on Kyle Freeland and company. Freeland wound up getting a new deal, so got to feel like he's going to be a little bit motivated. Wound up having a couple rough starts to begin the year. Three starts, he's been giving up 12 runs in those 14 innings, but you do take a look at Kyle Freeland, and I do think that he's going to be able to calm down. I do think that he's going to be able to hold down the Ford as you take a look at what he wound up doing last year on the road. Way from Coors Field, pitch for a 384 ERA. Nine home runs given up in 61 innings is a tad bit high, but what he did a nice job of was being able to keep things down. He wound up being able to get right around eight strikeouts per nine innings, so he was able to do a good job of manipulation. Then, got a guy in Kyle Gibson who thus far this year has gotten a lot of swings and misses. 19 punch outs in 17 and a third innings. That's really never been his MO. More of a guy that for his career, seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Last two starts for Kyle Gibson. He wound up pitching at Coors in Colorado. Three runs given up in six innings. Certainly not a bad showing there, but the four runs given up in four and two-thirds innings on the road against Miami. That's a little bit unsightly. And You take a look at what Kyle Gibson wound up doing after the trade deadline last season, and it was not necessarily so great. He wound up having an ERA that was right around a 5-ish with the Philadelphia Phillies thus far this year. has been a little bit teeter-totter-ish now with the Colorado Rockies. This is a lineup that they just don't hit the same at home as they do on the road. You always find this with this Colorado Rockies team. Whenever this team winds up hitting the road, they just aren't the same team. Now, they've got a small sample size on the road thus far, but so far on the road, they're hitting at 230 as a collective. They played four games on the road. They have played at 13 runs. Meanwhile, at home, this has been one of the most dominant offenses out there in the big league. So, 
I do think that you really have to be taking note of these home and road splits. Like CJ Crone last year, he had 28 home runs, 19 of them wanted coming at home. Had a 420 on base at home on the road that dropped by nearly 100 points. You wound up seeing Charlie Blackman get all but two of his home runs last season at home. But you have noticed that Connor Joe has been able to buff a 300 this season. They did wind up bringing in a couple new bats. Chris Bryant obviously doesn't have a lot of experience out there at Coors Field. He's playing a little bit of everywhere last few seasons. Randall Gritchick is hitting above a 400. He has been tremendous for the Rockies. And then you do take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies, and you've got a lot of power with Kyle Schwarber. Entered into Sunday with four home runs. Proper for Kyle Schwarber is that he's hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. Now, I will say this for the Philadelphia Phillies. Guys like Alec Boehm, Yohan Camargo at the bottom of the lineup, they've been able to get on JT Riumito, Nick Cassianos. Both of these guys are hitting above a 275. Reese Hoskins has not necessarily been able to get on base this season. And Bryce Harper, he's been... A little bit up and down this year as well. I do think that they are going to be able to figure it out, but Kyle Freeland, I do think he's going to be able to do a solid job on the road, and typically this Rockies bullpen actually performs a little bit better on the road. Now, Alex Colomay's not a guy that I necessarily trust him, but someone like a Carlos Aceves, he's able to give you a couple solid innings. Even someone like a Daniel Bart, who wound up having bad home and road splits last season, he's been able to rein it in a little bit more this season, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, bringing in Brad Hand, Jersich, familiar like Curry, Canable, he's been able to shore up the bullpen, so I did mind him saying my at any point for as a result. I think Freeland is going to come out, give a relatively solid start, and I do think that the Rockies are going to be held down a little bit more on offense, so looking under, and I'm going to be looking at the Rockies at pretty much a plus 166 or higher. 955-956 on the bang board. The New York Metropolitans are going to be in the road to phase out against the St. Louis Cardinals. Miles Michaelis is going to be going for the cards, and Matt Max Scherzer going to be on the bump for the Metropolitans. For the bets, find the money between minus 135 and minus 145. Meanwhile, if we're taking a look at the cards, it's anywhere between plus 115 and plus 134 with your total on this game in between 6.5 and 7. On the 6.5, over is minus 120. The under is even and on the 7. Under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. The over is anywhere between even and plus 105. And when it comes to this spot, I am going to be taking a look at the over. I think that it should be a relatively low-scoring game, but I think we've went a little bit too far with regards to these totals. I set it at a 7.3. With Mad Max Scherzer, this guy is still absolutely tremendous. He has pitched 18 innings thus far this season, and he's been able to go 3-0 and in his three starts. So that shows you right there how dominant he's been. He's given up five runs. So, I mean, I will say in terms of Mad Max Scherzer's I guess you'd call it criteria. He's a little bit below average, but certainly has been having a good year. And for Miles Michaelis, three starts this year, buck 76 ERA. I just don't know how long this is going to last. Never been too much of a swing and miss guy. He's gotten 13 strikeouts this year, so he's been able to do a solid job there. Always holds down the fort, not giving up too many walks. And what I will say for the St. Louis Cardinals is top five bullpen with regards to ERA. All these guys are getting the job done. Giovanni Gallegos, Genesis Cabrera. You even take a look at Andre Palante. He has been used as a little bit of a multi-inning guy. He's been solid along. TJ McFarland, but do take a look at the Mets with regards to this total. They could wind up giving up a few runs. You wind up having guys like Aaron Loop, Jersich, Vermillion Company wind up leaving the team in the offseason. I do like what I'm seeing out of a guy like Sean Reed Foley, Jason Shreve. These guys have been solid, but they've taken a little bit of a setback, but you take a look at both of these offenses, and both have been relatively solid here through the beginning part of the season. For the New York Mets, Pete Alonso wound up leading the league in home runs on the road last season. Francisco Lindor is hitting above a 300. He's already at four home runs. Brandon Nimmo, Mark Canna, both of these guys hitting above a 300. Travis Janikowski been able to get on base for the team. Eduardo Escobar, 391 on base himself. So these guys have been rock solid. And then you take a look at the flip side and what you're able to get 
of the St. Louis Cardinals team and Nolan Arenado. He's already got four home runs this season. He's been doing a tremendous job of being able to reach base. Paul Goldschmidt in that last series against the Cincinnati Reds, he was able to get online two multiple games in the last two days. Albert Pujols has been able to give you a pair of homers. Not a guy that is necessarily going to be going out there and hitting like 50 pounds or anything like that this year, but at the DH spot, relatively solid for this team. Umando Sosa has been able to get on base. So I do think that both of these offenses are two of the better ones that you're going to find out there in the National League with the Mets. A little bit of suspectness with the bullpen, but I do think that you've got a very clear starting pitching matchup with Max Scherzer. I did wind up saying my line at a minus 140. I'm seeing a lot of minus 140s out here in Las Vegas, and that is the absolute max I'm willing to lay, but I am willing to lay the minus 140 on the money line with the Mets. With this game likely to be lower scoring with Max Scherzer getting the start. Don't want to mess around with the run line here, so I'm just going to be going money line. Semi-total at 7.3. I think that especially getting a plus 105 on a 7, getting relatively solid value there. So, looking over and looking Mets. 957-958 on the main board. The Arizona Diamondbacks going to be playing with the LA Dodgers. Walker Bueller is going to be going for the LA Dodgers, and Merrill Kelly is going to be on the bump for Arizona. You're finding this total anywhere between 8 and 8.5. On the 8th, the over is anywhere between minus 120, minus 125. The under is anywhere between even a plus 105. On the 8 half, under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. And we're seeing the 8s become 8.5s as I do this podcast right now. And with the Dodgers, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 175 and minus 187 favorites. Meanwhile, with the Arizona and the Diamondbacks, find them anywhere between plus 160 and plus 169. I did wind up saying the Diamondbacks at a plus 174, but take a look at it right now. They opened up at plus 150. We have already seen about a 15 to 20 and move on them. So I anticipate this continuing to go up and if this winds up continuing to go up and I tell you right now, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people betting on the Arizona Diamondbacks here. I'll be winding up taking a shot here on Arizona as long as we continue with this line move. If we don't wind up getting this line move, by the way, I'm willing to lay up to a minus 119 on the run line with the LA Dodgers. I'm finding a lot of minus 110s and minus 115. So this is really coming down to Diamondbacks money line or Dodgers run line. I anticipate this being a Arizona Diamondbacks money line play when it's all said and done, but once again, it's hard to anticipate line moves and predict the future in all likelihood. But with that said, did wind up saying my total at eight. So with the heavily juice eights and the eight nafs coming on the board, I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And the reason why I don't have the Arizona Diamondbacks necessarily priced as lowly as a lot of other people is that Merrill Kelly is the one guy, in my opinion, that can really back for the Diamondbacks with Zach Allen being a pretty close number two. Kelly has given up one run in 15 and a third innings this season and was legitimately the only guy that could get this team a win last season. I mean, 7 and 11 doesn't sound great for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but considering how bad that team was, he actually did a very solid job, and he's always had demonstrative home and road splits. Merrill Kelly throughout his career has a ERA that's right around 1.7 points lower at home than it is on the road. 378 home ERA last season. 518 ERA on the road last season. So he's been able to do a rock solid job with that aspect. And had a 424 ERA when he faced off against the Dodgers in four starts last season. So I actually had a mild amount of success considering the lineup. And when you take a look at what you're able to get out of Walker Buehler, it's been a little bit rough go of it for him to start the year. A 402 ERA and last year in the month of September, he wound up having a north of three ERA. So he's been showing a little bit of humanness, giving up two plus runs in all three of his starts thus far this season. Has been someone that has typically pitched relatively well on the road. So I do think that he's going to be able to reel it in. And with the Dodgers, this is really the death star when it comes to lineups. You take a look at it. You've got Max Muncy, Justin Turner down for what, Trey Turner down for what, 
Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Cody Bellinger has been resurgent, Chris Taylor, all these guys, when it's all said and done, they're going to hit for at least 20 homers, hit at least a 260. Will Smith is able to get jiggy with it as well. And for the LA Dodgers, credit to this bullpen. It is a very solid one. You did wind up having to use up a few guys like Eric Clevenger and Craig Kimbrell yesterday, but with that said, you still have waiting in the wings a lot of good guys. Andy Hudson is back in the fold. Phil Bickford has been able to give you some nice innings. They now pick up Reyes Moranta as well. And then you take a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks and we'll call it what it is. The bullpen is not as great as that as the LA Dodgers, but Kelly could typically give this team six solid innings. Joe Manette typically along with Ian Kennedy. These guys are able to hold down the fourth. Oliver Perez, you really don't want a lot of him in your life. Mark Melanson, he's very, very old, but still has been able to get the job done at the age of 37, so he's someone that is still a capable closer in this league, and for the years in the Diamondbacks, the big key is just being able to lend any sort of run support whatsoever, because right now you got one guy on this entire lineup that is hitting above about a 280, other than Paven Smith. Paven Smith, he's hitting a 280. We've got Nick Ahmad, who has seen a very small amount of at-bats. He's been okay, but it's really been Seth Beer who's been the only consistent player out there on the field that is currently hitting above a 220 for this team. Dalton Varsho has been able to provide a trail of home runs, saying Christian Walker has four, but both of these guys are not hitting it very well with regards to on-base. Varsho, 216 batting average. Christian Walker, Bug 67, David Peralta, sitting right around at 220-ish himself. Quito Marte has been having a really rough go of it as well. But with that said, Merrill Kelly is the one guy on the Arizona and Diamondbacks that you know what you're going to be able to get out of him night in and night out. And I do think that that's going to lead to a little bit of a lower scoring game. Here at the Heavily Juice 8 slash 8 Nass, going to be taking a look at the under once again, anticipating a little bit more. But I do think that the Diamondbacks, when it's all said and done, they wind up getting to a plus 175 or greater. And that will lead me to the Diamondbacks if we don't wind up finding that that line move, I will be taking the Dodgers run line at more around a minus 110 to a minus 115. So, waiting a little bit in the AM for a line move, but anticipating Diamondbacks and under being the plays here. 959, 960 on the betting board. We've got the Toronto Blue Jays, and they're going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox. Nathan Eovaldi is going to be going for the Sox, and one Jose Barrios going to be going for the Jays. You've got the Blue Jays find themselves as favorites here. As high as a minus 140, as minus 136 is the low point, and you're taking a look at the Red Sox. You're finding that anywhere between plus 120 and plus 130. A is your total. The over and the under are finding itself anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, and when it comes to Mr. Barrios, I set him as a minus 143 favorite, so minus 140 is getting up there a little bit, but I'm willing to lay it. Don't really want too much to do with the run line in this spot, as I do think that it's going to be relatively tight. Nathan Eovaldi, Diamond Time again is able to go out there, is able to do a relatively solid job, but I do think that his home and road splits are worth pointing out over the last year plus. So going back to the beginning of the 2021 season, his road ERA has been about 0.8 points higher than it has been at home. And at home last year, he wound up giving up six home runs in 114 innings. In about half the innings, he gave up nine home runs in 68 innings. So this is someone that he gives up quite a bit more hard contact when he is on the road. And you take a look at Jose Barrios and wound up having that cataclysmically bad first start of the year against the Texas Rangers. Gave up in a third of an inning, four runs, but... Now has given up a grand total of four runs in his last 11 innings, including giving up one run in six innings against the Boston Red Sox. Now, I do think that the Red Sox will have a little bit more success from him in this game, but I don't think that should be discounted. The fact that the Red Sox have to travel all the way from the state of Florida, and now they are having to travel north of the border to Toronto. That is not a short trip right there. So, that is something that I do think needs to be kept in mind a little bit with this regard. And for the Boston Red Sox, you have been able to have Sandra Bogart do a great job of getting on base. Sitting at 
350 right now. Alex Verdugo is hitting at 291. He's been able to give you three home runs this season. You've been able to get quite a bit of power off of Rafael Devers. 265 average, three home runs. He's been rock solid. But some of these guys at the bottom of the lineup, Christian Arroyo, Bobby Dahlbeck, Christian Vasquez, Kike Hernandez. These guys have had a little bit of rough COVID to begin the year. And I will say, for the Boston Red Sox, the bullpen has been relatively solid. Using Garrett Woodlock as a starter, that does wind up hurting them in. They did use up Phillips Valdez, Ryan Brazier yesterday, but both only for 10 pitches. So, gotta anticipate that both of these guys are going to be available along someone like an Ansel Robles. And then, you do take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. And bullpen has not necessarily been terrific this year, but at the same time it has been far from terrible as well. I do like what you're able to get out of someone like a Trevor Richards who's able to give you multiple innings when needed. When it comes to the Blue Jays, Yimi Garcia has been able to come in. He's been able to give you a couple solid innings. Wanted getting used up yesterday, but could be able to return in this one as well. And then got Adam Simber who does a great job. And then you just take a look at the lineup and Zach Collins all of a sudden has three home runs for the team. That was a little bit unexpected, but he's hitting above a 300. Lourdes Gurriel has been able to reach base. George Springer, he's got right around 320 on base. He's been able to hit for a little bit of power. Boba Shett has not necessarily had a great year so far. He and Santiago Espinal both hitting right around 220. You know that that's going to pick up Flagero Jr. Five home runs, hitting at 350. He's just doing Flagero things. Kevon Biggio has been just a hot mess right now. 043. It's only going to go up from here, but I do think that north of the border, the Blue Jays going to be able to utilize that home field advantage. Eovaldi has just struggled a little bit throughout his career on the road, so I did wind up saying my total at an 8.8. Got a pair of bullpens that they did wind up getting a little bit spent over the weekend, so I do like this total over. And with the Blue Jays, I'm going to lay the minus 140 here with them. 961, 962 on the betting board. You've got the Houston Astros, and they're going to be hitting the road to face off against the Texas Rangers. Dane Gitter Dunning is going to try to get her done for the Texas Rangers. And for the Houston Astros, you've got one from Bervaldez who's going to be going for them. Valdez and company are finding themselves as favorites of minus 130, seeing a stray minus 131 out there as well. And then with the Rangers, you're going to be finding them between plus 110 and plus 120. 8.5 is your total. The over is any working minus 110 and minus 115. The under is between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to the Houston Astros, one of setting them as a minus 138 favorite. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. When it comes to this Houston Astros team, it certainly has been one that has been struggling a little bit with regards to the offense. They have been playing quite a few unders before wind up getting that Jeremy Pena walk-off home run yesterday to get the job done against the Blue Jays and for this Astros team, you do have to keep in mind that they did wind up having to use up quite a few bullpen pieces yesterday. Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, they wound up having to come in out of the bullpen, but you do have trustworthy guys out there. Blake Taylor wound up getting used yesterday, but only for three pitches, so he could conceivably come back in this game. Hector Neris, not a guy that you trust in too much. He could be available, and for the Texas Rangers, going into their series against the Oakland A's, they actually had the worst bullpen ERA in the big leagues. They were able to do a much better job that weekend, but I do expect a little bit of regression to be setting in here, and you you take a look at Dane Dunning, and this man has some very big home and road splits. So you take a look at what he wound up doing in 2021. Had a 309 home ERA, a 639 road ERA. Giving up four home runs in 67 innings at home. Nine bombs and 50 innings on the road with opponents. Hitting 44 points lower off of him at home than on the road. And then you take a look at Fran Bervaldez, and to his credit, this is a guy that is pretty much a steady Eddie guy, whether he be at home or on the road. And as a matter of fact, his road ERA is about a half a point lower than it is at home. Over the last two seasons, a 288 road ERA, 11 starts, giving up five home runs and 72 innings. So this guy is able to perform well whenever he is on the road. And for the Houston Astros, you know that this team is going to hit. They're still not striking out a lot. And even though Jose Altuve is a little bit banged up, you still have Michael Brantley, Chaz McCormick, along with Alex Bregman, only at least a 290 for the team. Big thing is you need to have the outfield be able to pick it up aside from Chaz McCormick. Jose Siri, 
Kyle Tucker. These guys have been a little bit of a hot mess. Now, Jeremy Pena, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, he has that walk-off homer. Three bombs for him. He has been magnificent for the team. 333 on base by Jordan Alvarez, hitting a buck 58. That is not necessarily too acceptable. And then you take a look at the Texas Rangers, and Marcus Simeon just has not been worth the money thus far now. Very early into this deal, but he's got as many home runs as myself, hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. That's not necessarily too terrific. Corey Seager, he had a rough series over the weekend. He's hitting about a 240. It's really been Jonah Heim and Nate Lowe who have been able to get on base. Both of these guys hitting at least a 360 with north of a 400 on base. Most of these guys, Charlie Culverson, and Nick Solak, they've been able to do a solid job of being able to reach base, but they don't necessarily have a lot of power. Adelise Garcia hitting below a 200. That has been a little bit of an issue. So I did mind up saying the Astros as a minus 138 favorite in this spot, even with the Texas Rangers bullpen with guys like Joe Barlow and company bunzing back a little bit more. And I do think that the Astros going to continue their offensive surge. Dane Dunning, I think that he's going to see a little bit of negative regression with his stats at home as well. So, semi total at 8.7. Looking over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Astros, and we wrap things up with 963 964, which is also going to be the DK Nation pick as you've got the Cleveland Guardians sitting the road to face off against the LA Angels. Michael Lorenzen is going to be going for the Halos, and you've got Shane Bieber Fever, the Believers are going to be out in full force in this one, and he's going to be going for the Guardians as the Guardians' very slight favorites in the spot. You're going to be finding them as high as a minus 120, as low as a minus 112, and if you're taking a look at LA, you're going to be finding them in between even money and plus 110 with your total on this game, 8. The over is anywhere between even money and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120, and DK Nation pick, we're going to be riding with the Cleveland Guardians in this spot. I did wind up making them a little bit closer to a minus 128 favorite when it was all said and done. Did not like what I wound up seeing out of that bullpen of the LA Angels a little bit earlier on in the day as they wound up getting shelled quite a bit against the Baltimore Orioles, which it's not necessarily so terrific. And then you take a look at Jane Bieber fever, and I do think that he's going to be able to come out. He's going to lend a good start against an LA Angels team that they can be a little bit hit or miss with the bats. Now, when it comes to the Angels, you do have Shoei Otani. He's only hitting at 224 right now. Wound up having a nice day on Sunday, but it's been a little bit tough sliding for him. Mike Trout, he's doing Mike Trout things. 451 on base. He's been able to supply some home runs, but Anthony Rendon is sitting at the Mendoza line of 200. Credit to Joe Adele, three home runs. He's hitting about a 250 right now. And you've got Jack Mayfield, Taylor Ward, both hitting above a three iron. But Kurt Suzuki, Andrew Velasquez, these guys towards the bottom of the lineup, they certainly have been duds to this point. And then you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of this Guardians lineup. And it's a bunch that they're in the top five in the league with regards to runs per game along with team batting average. You got to expect a little bit of regression here with some of these guys. But Jose Ramirez. Four home runs, 20 RBI, hitting above a 350 thus far. Steven Kwan has continued to get on base for this team. 456 on base. Owen Miller, he's hitting out 484 right now. Miles Straw, great wheels, four stolen bases, 373 on base. Framio Reyes, despite the fact that he struggled, he's hit a pair of bombs. Oscar Mercado, he's been able to give you three home runs. So it's been a very good lineup. And for the Guardians, this is a bullpen that wound up having to get used up a little bit yesterday, but because they wound up throwing out their long relievers, more of your trustworthy guys, like in Emmanuel Claus. Say one of the best relievers that you're able to find in the big leagues. Brian Shaw, even someone like a Trevor Steven. These guys are going to be available. Meanwhile, for the LA Angels, it's a bullpen that I really don't have a lot of faith in. You do have one of the best closers in the game in Rossi Iglesias, who has been absolutely amazing for this team. He wound up not getting used up yesterday, but he did have to use up Jimmy Ergo, Alvaro Ortega, Aaron Loop for at least 18 pitches apiece. So they wound up getting a little bit taxed there. And I do take a look at Michael Lorenzen. This is someone that wanted coming out of the bullpen throughout much of his 
his career with the Cincinnati Reds. He's made a couple starts this year, and I don't think that length is going to be too much of an issue. Nine and two-thirds innings. He's given up five runs in this span. Has given up two home runs. Really, the big thing with Michael Lorenzen is him being able to just hone it in with regards to command. Not necessarily walk a lot of guys. Has only given up two walks thus far this season, but you take a look at what he wound up doing during the 2021 season. That was more around four and a half walks per nine innings. Even able to go back a little bit further back. He wound up doing the same in 2019 as well. So this is a guy that has always had his command issues. Someone that does wind up giving up quite a bit of hard contact. And when you see Shane Bieber, I recognize that this guy's had a little bit of a fall off in recent years, but I mean, the guy still has a 225 ERA thus far this season. He has been stretched out, so he's giving you full length. He's still giving you 16 strikeouts in 16 innings. Not necessarily vintage Shane Bieber was giving you more like 12 to 13 strikeouts per 9 innings, but guy's still pretty darn good and is backed up by a relatively solid bullpen. So, DK Nation pick is on the Guardians. I'm willing to lay more like a minus 128 with them. Semi-total an 8.3 as well. It's an LA Angels team that their bullpen is badly taxed and the Cleveland Guardians have been matching thus far. So, looking over, DK Nation pick is on Cleveland and now we're at things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. A big thanks to Joe Fan over there at WinBet for joining me in the last segment. If you do like preparing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter, size so per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you're in this podcast, five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.